Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugs your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Conversations Against Living Miserably, a podcast where we try to find solace in a world where our brains are usually against us. My name is Aaron Gillis, and each week I'll be joined by... Me, Lauren Patterson. Each week we chat to a different guest about how they try and live their life without misery. But we try and do it with a little bit of laughter, because otherwise that sounds like a pretty gloomy idea for a podcast. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Dave, the TV channel, and Calm, the campaign against living miserably. Morning, and welcome to episode 11 of Conversations Against Living Miserably. Uh, first off, I just wanted to start by saying thank you to everyone that's been so kind and given us so many wonderful reviews and um, been tweeting us just with really nice comments. Um, you, you have no idea how much it means to Lauren, myself, uh, the guys at Dave and Calm as well, actually. Um, it's really rather incredible. Anyway, uh, this week's guest is Daniela Isaacs. Daniela is an actor and writer whose one-woman show, Hear Me Raw, and that's raw as in R-A-W, uh, doesn't really work as a play on words when I say it out loud, sorry, has had four sellout runs and has been nominated for a Mental Health Fringe Award. Daniela worked as a wellness guru before falling into what she calls the wellness trap, and her show is all about whether the idea of wellness is actually good for us. Uh, today we speak to Daniela about wellness, obviously, that was bound to come up, our misguided ideas of perfection and blenders for some reason. That bit goes on for a while. I, I, I tried to edit it down. Um, oh, speaking of editing, uh, this episode also guest stars Lauren's Cough, uh, which I tried to edit out, but frankly got bored 
of doing that. So now we all just have to live with it. And if you have a problem with it, um, just feel free to tweet Lauren, really. Um, <laughs> I'm sure she'll be she'll appreciate that. Um, if, as usual, you could rate, review, uh, subscribe to the podcast, that would be amazing. Our mission with this is to let people know it's okay to have these sorts of conversations, that people aren't alone, and by sharing stories, we can help each other. And we would like to get that message to as many people as we uh, possibly can. Also, all the money from adverts you'll hear during the show goes to Calm. So the more people that listen, the more money that goes to a brilliant charity. Uh, anyway, that's quite enough of me. Here is Lauren and myself bothering Daniela Isaacs. Daniela Isaacs, welcome. Hello, thanks Hi. for having me. This is lovely. Yeah, Very nice to, our... to be around people. <laughs> I feel like we've got more space today, and I don't know why. This is my very small (laughs) presence. Right, we're going to start with the first question we ask everyone. Right. When was the last time you felt calm? Before I came out of the womb. (laughs) 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 It's true. I wish it wasn't. yeah, probably. I mean, I I did when I uh, was told that this was going to be the first question. I asked my friend, would she ever describe me as calm? <laughs> and she almost threw her tea in my face. Um, so yeah, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm calm very often. Um, maybe when I have sex, sometimes I feel a bit calm. Sometimes, occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes when I have a bath. But to be honest, even when I'm having a bath, I'm like reading a magazine, watching something on my laptop and on my phone at the same time. Mm. Um, I started meditating. Okay, Ooh. how's that going for not you? Not very calming. <laughs> it's not very calming right now. Sometimes it is after. I said the same number when I went to Pilates. I was yeah. like, it's meant to be calm. And I was like, why is it making me so angry? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm a sucker for for, and this really goes against, uh, if we're going to talk about Henry Rory, it goes against this, but I am a sucker for like the really hippie yoga teachers because sometimes I listen to them and I'm like, maybe this is like the most maternal mothering thing I've felt since I came out <laughs> of the womb because they're telling me everything's okay and they're very nurturing Aww. and calming. I sound really calm today, don't I? Mm. <laughs> my first yoga lesson was a bit like my childhood as well in the fact that they just kept telling me I was doing it wrong and then they asked me to leave the class. <laughs> Did you really get chucked out of the class? <laughs> my right. dad got chucked out of his yoga class as well, but I don't want to know why. He, just, he did tell me that. <laughs> you need a men's yoga class yeah. where they can just all misbehave, yeah, yeah. do it wrong together. How Sounds dare about right. you? This, this podcast became very sexist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all men are clumsy shits. Well, you know, had, like... At my gym, we have, like, sort of women's-only time in the weight section because the girls can feel... Again, not all girls, but some of the girls can feel a bit intimidated. And I get that yoga. Oh, my, when I used to go, it was predominantly women. So maybe the men are intimidated and they need, like, a little... Menga class. Maybe. Yeah. I think men are of, often... Yeah. I mean, we're talking for an entire gender here, but I think often people do feel uh, intimidated when they go to a group class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, completely agree. Yeah. Uh, going back to the sense of calm question. Yes, yeah. Um, so in your show, award-winning show, is it an award-winning show? Uh, well, it was nominated, but come on, let's just award nominated show. <laughs> we'll cut that bit out, it'll be fine. Um, you discuss kind of wellness and like your life of living with kind of being a wellness guru, as it were. Mm. Were you calm when you were doing that? I really persuaded myself um, that I was, yeah. if that makes sense. So... Um, I'll just give a little bit of a background. Um, Yes, I did make an autobiographical show um, which was about my journey through the world of contemporary wellness. And I say wellness with a capital W because it's an industry. It's not (laughs) the true meaning of the word. And I think during that time, I became a kind of... uh, 
wellness religious believer and um like with religion i i found answers or what i thought were answers in that way of life um so it kind of gave me rules and rules make i think life a lot easier because we're going really deep really fast here it gives meaning to um to the world which of i think often feels incredible well is incredibly chaotic um so yes during that time i think i did my anxiety appeared less, but I was making myself very sick. Yeah. Um, I kind of really controlled my food. I really overexercised. It affected my social life. It affected my sex life. It affected everything. Um, and so, therefore, no, I was the opposite of calm, um, but I was very good at acting. After going through all that, when yeah. the kind of wellness is still creeping up as a alternative or kind of like a message that you get told quite a lot to mm-hmm. you need you need to try wellness yeah first question how do you feel about wellness as a thing that's still going on at the moment and second question is there any wellness techniques that you have taken into your day-to-day after going through this kind of stage yeah um i think if anything seems like a quick fix i'd question it yeah um and wellness with its hefty price tag just appears like the perfect answer doesn't it um you know, and um, with the perfect poster girls being, I don't know, Gwyneth Paltrow, Deliciously mm-hmm. Ella or whoever else. Um, so now now I feel quite free, actually. When I listen in, and it, unfortunately, I listen into conversations, or fortunately for me, because I get to laugh and then write them down, <laughs> but with mainly women a lot, either talking about food, exercise, and now what's even more dangerous is this kind of self-care movement which mm-hmm. i think is in sometimes when it's when the balance is tipped isn't self-care it's almost the, it is the opposite um i feel quite free of that and i think i think of it as quite political because i'm kind of going against um an aspirational movement yep. however um i think there are things from that world like with any anything uh, that are incredibly helpful but it's as long as you don't place your happiness on them so yeah like I still would order a matcha latte uh, as long as it doesn't cost £8.50 and and enjoy it or I might like I just said before go to a yoga class and really enjoy it but I know that that isn't the kind of core answer to me finding calm Um, but it might be a contributing factor does that make sense? Do you practice do you have any like self-care practices that you I tried the colouring books. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because that was, for a while, that was the whole narrative. Like, if you've got anxiety, if you're stressed, do this colouring in. And I remember there was too many to choose from, and Mm. that stressed us out. Because I was like, well, which one do I pick? And then I missed the delivery when it came, because my post box wasn't big enough. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I spilled a cup of water on the booth. (laughs) (laughs) And all my picture just, like, melted in front of us. And I was like, oh. And I'd really sort of bought into, like this colouring book is going to make me calm, like, this is going to fix all my problems. And I think my anxiety went through the roof in the three days that I owned it. I was like, no. But then I was like, have I done something wrong? Why is everybody else who's colouring in calm? And I was like, you're not. None of you are. Yeah. Buying into bullshit. That's what we're doing. And that's what I mean by that. I mean, I'm I'm not, I I love colouring in, but that's (laughs) kind of what I mean by this kind of freeing feeling of recognising, oh, wait, you're just trying to sell me something and I won't play Mm. into that. It's like you're tapping into my, I don't want to say insecurity, but like, or weakness, because I don't like the word weakness, Mm. but you're tacking into an area you know is vulnerable. That's the word, yeah. And you're like, come on, it's like snake oil. Yeah. Oh, this'll fix it. And when you're pushed into a place of desperation, 
desperation. I think we are willing to cling on to anything, even if it seems absolutely insane. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know, Goop's jade uh, vagina eggs that you put up your <laughs> vagina to make you feel calm. <laughs> like, obviously, you must be in a really shit place. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, if you're going to kind of buy into that. And people do. And that's what's worrying. So I guess... Um, What's like the important thing to do is think, why have we got to this place? Mm-hmm. And what, what's driven us to those extremes? And if we can do that in a less, if we can answer that in a less extreme, quick way, then maybe we'll find a more slower but more long-term healing process. Yeah. Mm. So what was that kind of moment for you then? Because if you were living in this world of wellness yeah. and then you realised that it was making you ill and you were actually, it was a detriment to your health, mm. was there a particular moment that you realised that, oh no, this is just snake oil or this is not for me or... Was there a clicking moment or was it a gradual thing over time? Yeah, I think it was a gradual thing. I wish it was like a a really dramatic kind of turning point. But there were a few things. Um, One, I lost my periods for about two and a half years. uh, And I didn't really care about that. But then my sister got pregnant. And I I, I definitely don't want a baby yet. But I did think, oh, Mm. shit, I want to have a baby one day too. I need to take this seriously. Mm -hmm. So that was one. And then two, I, I felt just suddenly I felt so boring <laughs> and I was like I haven't made any work uh, I was doing a lot of kind of writing and I was acting but I wasn't making my own work and I had lost that joy that I normally felt I just felt really dull um, and I was with my friend and we went and saw a, a show and I just suddenly thought oh yeah of course this is actually what makes me happy and what I'm doing right now is preventing me from doing that so I then started writing a show about the very thing that was making me unhappy (laughs) and um, so that yeah that really really helped because I think when it comes to wellness as well a lot of the narrative over the top of it is this is going to cure you or this is going to make you better or all of these different activities mm-hmm. if they don't work for you then you're fucked basically mm. it's like it's progressed from those like self-help books mm-hmm. like i feel like especially with like the rise of the internet and the media like in the past you could avoid the self-help section of a bookshop you'd be like well just not go to that part but when it's all around mm. you i think oh i ask it too do you think that some of these like wellness is influencers, mm-hmm. gate loads. I don't know what they're called. I said gate loads, gate loads, gatekeepers. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Not gate I don't know what I'm thinking of. <laughs> what the hell was that? Well, I they am. are kind of like yeah. gods. Maybe mm. that's where your head was <laughs> yeah. going. So, do you think they've got a much more of a duty of care than they realise? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's really scary is that they offer <coughs> an answer. Now the problem is, every single human being is totally unique therefore to provide me with a rule book that Mm -hmm. says eat this do this and meditate then well you're not a psychic you're just someone trying to make money Mm -hmm. and therefore and not only that I um when I was um auditioning stuff the way I got into the wellness world was I was ghostwriting for some wellness gurus gurus um I, I didn't that was the commas. word I was thinking yeah, of yeah gurus why did I say gate lords oh I loved it it's yeah, fine they're just great. religious we're gonna make it a thing <laughs> um and I guess when you realize it's an one size fits all is just absolute bollocks mm-hmm. then you're gonna start to realize that they're selling crap ultimately because recovery is just as individualistic as um, whatever kind of stuff is going on in your head or in your life at that time. Mm. Not 
one of us is dealing with the exact same thing as someone else. Mm -hmm. So your recovery is going to be entirely different as well. And to think, because I've tried loads of different nonsense. I tried the meditation. It didn't work for me. And I tried running. Um, it's not great for my mental health because I just I don't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to do something that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. Like you say, if it's going to the theatre or if it's just watching bad movies or if it's eating crap, yeah. if it brings you joy. Oh, no, got a bit Mary Kondo there for a second. <laughs> but if it brings you yeah, happiness or a form, of a form of contentment, that is exact. That is self-care. It doesn't need to mm -hmm. be. You don't need to be up at 5 a.m drinking like power smoothies yeah. and... and I guess the other thing that the wellness movement does is take you away from I'm going all hippie here I sound like my yoga teacher it's <laughs> taking you away from yourself yeah uh, it's an extrinsic answer and uh, in the same way that alcohol is or drugs are or yeah anything like that you're taking it off you and how easy is that so much easier to it was so much easier to be orthorexic which is what I eventually developed which is um uh it's an eating disorder, which is an obsession with healthy living, uh, an ironic one, I know. Mm. Um, uh, is that was easier than having to confront the issues that you're that you're running away from, literally pushing them into another in, into a blender. another box. Into a blender, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went to a therapist before. <coughs> while I was kind of starting to develop this obsession and she said to me, what are you running away from? And that question was so scary that I ran away from her <laughs> and, and just went even further down the wellness trap. Um, but yeah, ultimately that is what I was doing. Is there anything that from that time that you still do nowadays that you that you do just for you because you do enjoy them, not because yeah. like you, you use as a personal use of self-care? Yeah, I think and it's a... a um, it's not a, a quick fix. It's no. a bit of a long process. But I think now I'm truly starting to understand what it means to actually listen to my body and mind. Um, so, well, this wasn't in the self-care advice that I used to follow from the wellness gurus, but therapy is like a weekly thing that I do and make sure I prioritise. Um, this is one I'm rubbish at, sleep. And now I feel like, go on Instagram, everyone makes me feel so guilty that I'm not getting my eight and a half hours <laughs> sleep a night. But yeah, I'm trying to prioritise sleep. Um, I do eat, I hate saying the word well, um, I eat... Fine. Decent. I eat right. decent. Yeah. I like food. I do like food that's not come out of a packet. Like, mm -hmm. I do try and do that. But also, I love going out with friends, laughing and having, like, pizza and loads of bottles of wine. And... It kind of scares me how that obsession, because I do call wellness was an obsession, mm. I have flicked a switch. And I guess that's really wonderful in some ways, but in other ways I'm like, whoa, how did I fall so hard into that obsession? And then now I'm like, that voice in my head has, has gone. I mean, it went into something else, <laughs> uh, and now I'm sure it's on the lookout to go somewhere else, but like it just, it was an addiction. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Can I jump back? Because you asked me a while back. Yes. Um, what were the kind of um, things that dropped that then made me realise I need to change or get out of this mm-hmm. wellness hole? Mm-hmm. Um, I started binging and I just thought I'd throw that one out there because people don't talk about that a lot. And um, so I, I really ate so carefully throughout the day. And then my housemate, who was so obviously a personal trainer at the time, <laughs> um, would go to sleep at the perfect hour of 9.30. Um, and um, once she left, I'd be like, you the <laughs> <laughs> the kitchen is mine, baby. And I would get into the, I would open the cupboards and I would, it was like this primal wellness beast would come out of me. And I'd still binge on inverted commas, healthy food. But mm-hmm. if you saw me, I mean, it, I wrote about it and I, unfortunately I never got it in the show, but I will get it in somewhere else. And I would like eat and eat and eat and eat. And it was it was kind of like, it was quite sexual because I had no sex life at the time. <laughs> it was like this dirty secret that was staining me that I'd feel so ashamed about afterwards. And I'd always, <laughs> the producer's looking at me like, who is, who is this girl that we got in? What the fuck is going on in there? <laughs> and my t like I would end up being stained after and I'd feel so sick and then I'd go to bed and then you know I'd do the whole kind of purging the next day but I guess um, I kind of had a wake up call when my housemate woke up one night to go to the toilet and she saw me and I was like eating this granola with my hands and I was like mm, Daniela you might have a problem <laughs> so that was another yeah the moment you start eating granola with your hands you know you've got a yeah. problem what a middle class problem to have <laughs> So at what point did you, after you kind of realised that this was an issue and this was a thing, did you think, I'm going to turn this into an Edinburgh show? Yeah. um, Well, I started realising that the industry was so ripe for um, dramatic potential just because of the, like, inherent conflict that these people were selling happiness, but they were very unhappy. Mm -hmm. Selling wellness, but they were very unwell. And I was like, well, this opposite is a real treat for me to to delve into. So I started talking to my friend, uh, who's a director, and who we'd made a show together a few years before and she said great I totally agree but we can only make this show if it's about you because I think what you're going through is very interesting and I was like hell no and then um, we went and saw uh, my friend Richard Gadd's show and it was all about him and um, I I came out and I was like yeah of course I'm going to write a show about myself (laughs) (laughs) Um, and 
I said to myself, I can only make this if I really, really commit to getting better because mm-hmm. how the hell, I, you know, I can't be as contradictory as the wellness influencers, brands that I'm I'm writing about. Yeah. I have to commit and actually make change. Um, so that was I, I know the, the day that I said I was going to start writing the show, I quit my gym. Um, and this, I, I can't believe what happened. I wrote and wrote and wrote. And I, and also it wasn't as easy as um, just saying, well, I'm not going to do wellness anymore. It was horrible and hard. And I think ultimately this is a lot of um, this obsession or any obsession that I've ever had over my life has been to do with control. Mm-hmm. And um, letting go of that control was incredibly scary and the writing kept me going for sure but seeing my body change was was really off like just I'm not an angry person I became so angry seeing that and, and feeling fooled um I can't remember the question uh what spurred you to um to oh, turn yeah. this into a show yeah sorry so um I kept writing and um on the day that I did the first show um my period came back and I was like well this just proves that I'm doing something right this is Be- the best worst day ever yeah, yeah I know <laughs> uh and yeah so I guess I kind of just wrote through it and committed um to being an example of what I'm trying to write about um yeah, I, lead, lead by example. Because yeah. I just think that writing about these sorts of things really helps you. Because one of the first things I started doing when I started to come to terms with my depression and anxiety was I just open an empty word document and pour all of my thoughts into mm-hmm. it. And I wasn't going to send it to anyone. I had no intention of sending it to anyone. I wrote it for me and then I saved it on my desktop and then I read it later on just to see how I was feeling in that exact mm-hmm. moment. Because the moment you start writing it down, you I think you verbalise it in a way that your brain hasn't let you do that yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's usually something so unique. And you can be writing down, write a sentence and go, oh, fuck. And it's like a little light bulb moment goes off. It's yeah. like this is something that's very real. I've always done that. Um, so wellness was just one of many um, obsessions that I've fallen into across my life. Um, when I was little, from about eight, I just stopped sleeping. Poor parents, actually. <laughs> really poor parents. Uh, and one of the things that I started to do was keep a... And I still really recommend this. I um, kept, like, a worry notebook next to my bed. And I would just... This little geeky eight-year-old girl just used to kind of write every single fear in my brain. It was like doing, a, like, a, a, a literal lobotomy. Because I was just <laughs> literally, like, chucking it on the page. Um, and that really helped me sleep again. Because I was just like, if I put it on the page and shut the book, I know that tomorrow morning I can open that book again it can all fly back into my 27 annoying brains and I oh and I can ruin my day um and and so yeah that, that that's I've always written down mm. and and it's also serves as a wonderful reminder when you I hope you don't but you probably will fall into the next hole oh wow I've done this before mm. because isn't the mind unbelievable at how it makes you forget the crap times um so even like post wellness when I've you know had another difficult experience I just have to look back at the play that I wrote and be like oh I've done this before it came in a different mm-hmm. it wore different clothes but it's still the same thing um, um, so yeah, writing it down is a really wonderful way of um, reminding yourself that you can do it. Mm. Uh, I, I found a notebook not long ago, and it was from I think when I was sort of really, really like struggling and down. And I think I tried to buy into the positivity thing, mm. and I was like, well, but all I have to—it's a mindset. It's a mindset, and I tried to write one positive thing every day. So no matter what kind of day I was having, started it on January the first. Guess what days I. Good day I got up to. Was it but the second by any January chance? the third? Oh. 
in the first one was something like really sweet, really nice. Or oh, it might not have been January the first, but it was when I came back to London after Christmas, so round then. And the first day was something really nice. I'd gone out with my flatmate. I'd gone out, and I was like, oh, so lovely. The second day, I think I was clutching, so it was like got something reduced in Tesco, <laughs> and like literally by day three, it was like. Put on clean socks. <laughs> and I think by that point, Wait, I was by like, number three, you're already telling yourself off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? Just what is this? This is a gratitude journal. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, oh, I can it. I, I think it's so dangerous to try and, f- like, this whole sort of self-care and positivity. Sometimes you are going to have bad days, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Like, absolutely fine. you just got to really enjoy the good ones and try not to get too stuck in the bad ones but oh stop beating yourself up about the bad exactly, ones exactly because yeah. I was just thinking about your tortilla Instagram <laughs> or like all the Instagram people I'd write for ultimately what they're doing is turning us into robots mm-hmm. and what's not robotic is feeling really weird or like feeling yeah. really confused or crazy one day or wonderful the next or like it's totally changing all the time and I just think when you're it's that freedom feeling again of being like actually that makes me uh, sound so cringe and my friends are going to again throw me in the bin. But it shouldn't be cringe. It's true. I should I should own this a bit. It's about being like, this is what makes me unique and human. And that's the opposite of this wellness movement, which is trying to turn us into these airbrushed, boring, sexless yeah. robots. And that's just boring. It reminds me of like the Lego movie. Yeah. When they're just like, everything's perfect. Yeah. Everything's fine. No, it's not. Well, no, no there would be nothing written. There would be nothing to watch on TV yeah. if it was all run by mm-hmm. those people. And they're not real anyway. No, exactly. And they'd just yeah. be really boring. Yeah. All the best things happen after a fuck-up. All yeah. the best stories start with, well, I did this wrong the other day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it is. How did you find... Um, this actually applies to both of you. How did you find writing your shows and then performing them? That jump from this being on paper and this still being your story to I'm going to share my story with lots of people it's such a hard thing if you've not done anything really personal before it's such a hard thing to make that leap from being like i've got my guard up i'm just gonna tell sassy jokes and be a little bit like of a sort of enigma to being like i'm gonna be fully me on stage and i'm gonna pour my heart out about the two sort of most difficult things i've had to deal with and you are gonna like it and laugh at it (laughs) it's quite it's quite intense. I cried every day in my show. Did you? Every day. And I never cried in the previews. And it was the first day in Edinburgh I cried. And I remember ringing my director and I was like, why am I crying? And she was like, is it genuine? And I was like, well, they're real wet tears. So <laughs> I'm guessing it's genuine. She went, as long as you're not forcing it, she went, means you've made something special, babe. Aww. And so many other comedians, I think, tried to maybe make us feel a bit shit. They were like, oh, you cried in your Edinburgh show. I'll, like, I'll tell you when I didn't cry, when I was in Australia on a tour of that Edinburgh show. Wasn't fucking crying then, was I, when I was on Bondi Beach, you dickheads? No, I wasn't. <laughs> no. I'll take a month of crying in Edinburgh if I got a six-month stint in Australia <laughs> out of it. Arseholes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's different, and I'm, I'm really interested in the differences between although hopefully my show was funny I always saw it as a it a was, play it was. Mm-hmm. thank you <laughs> I saw it as a play and that helped me um we we performed the sh- I say we me and and Rosie the director was my absolute kind of uh just dream through that whole process um we took it to latitude oh. um which 
was hell because <laughs> because my show was a play and we were taking it to this festival full of high people hung over or on a come down and it was the first time I'd ever performed it and I remember saying to Rosie how the hell am I going to get through this what the hell have I decided to do and she said Dance, this isn't about you and that was really helpful and that was the thing that changed the kind of creation of that show because I was like actually this isn't about me this is about telling a story and this story unfortunately is affecting more and more young vulnerable people mm -hmm. and it doesn't even have to be wellness replace wellness is like the 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 superficial layer on the top it's about someone lost and desperate and in an in desperate for someone to provide them with answers that find something that t latches on to all of that vulnerability and then just takes them for a ride and then i thought well this isn't about my own healing this is about me trying to raise awareness of that important issue um yeah, so every time I felt scared or unhappy or whatever, I kind of took the focus out of me and into the audience. Really, I did. I, like, visualised that. Um, there's your wellness word. <laughs> it just did some visualisations. Um, and, and that was, like, the way that I got through it. And then straight away it started resonating with so many people and I had so... And I still um, get so many people messaging me via Instagram and me being nosy then clicks on their profile and they've got these, like glossy perfect lives so it just shows that everyone's struggling behind their filter yeah do you think that the self-healing and that raising awareness can be married together absolutely i feel very lucky that that's the case to hear people tell me that my show has made them feel listened to or they've recognized themselves in it what a privileged position to be in. Most people spend their days hiding their problems, keeping their head down, and no wonder their problems gets worse and worse and worse and they cling on to the coping mechanism which is making them sick in the first place. I was able to kind of hijack that and jump out of it and share it. So, yes, it does, and I feel almost guilty because of that privilege, if that makes sense. No, it does, because I feel the same way as well, because yeah. when I... I tend to write stuff starting from a very selfish point of I'm going to write this about me and I'm going to see where this takes me on this journey <laughs> and now we're 10,000 words in and I'm having an existential crisis. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is almost, I, I feel selfish kind of doing that, but then you hear the responses back about people reading your story and I always think that whenever I do any work, I always just want someone to be one person to be able to take one sentence mm. from something I've written mm -hmm. and take that into their, their day to day mm. life and then I've done my job oh, that's that, great. And, I, and that's all I want to do um, and I think kind of sharing stories and be it different stories is so important and also totally. just showing doing the absolute opposite to what Instagram is doing that's all I exactly. want to do in my yeah. work yeah. like show everyone that things can be really messy and confusing and complicated and if you can look at that curiously is that a word? Yeah. it is now yeah. is it? no I'm, no Oh, it is. oh no, I know what it is. Oh, it must be. <laughs> yeah. As I say, I'm writing. Is that a word? <laughs> <laughs> you're in, you're with in the curiosity. Room with there we go. Yeah, with curiosity. Then how amazing is that? And uh, yeah, I guess I just want to keep making stories mm -hmm. that share that mess because that's where drama and comedy and um, community comes yeah. from. I think that's why people like seeing people be real on stage, be it like theatre or comedy or whatever, because 
we're so desperate to be perfect and to hide behind these screens now. So to sit in a room and watch somebody live in front of you, not necessarily bare their soul, but just to be fucking honest, mm. is almost like you're kind of looking around like, is everybody else is everybody else seeing this? They're actually, they're not bullshitting. Like, oh my God, this is... It's, it's almost unusual now mm. because we're so used to this kind of, like say, picture-perfect filtered lives that to see someone just being like, I've had a shit day or oh, this isn't as good as it seems, or, oh, I've got this, I struggle with this, that you're like, oh, I forgot. I mm. forgot that there is a, out of this bubble, there are normal people with normal, not that people online, not that no one online is normal, are they? We're all freaks. But <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want yeah, to take great, from this podcast. Right? Yeah. Like, that's why I, that's exactly what I want to experience when I watch something, mm-hmm. which is I want to sit forward and be like, oh, I felt like that too. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, yeah, Instagram, all of that, anything kind of filtered and airbrushed yeah. is the opposite. And it's actually not what we really need. It's, it, yeah, yeah, it's taking us away from what oh, we need. Definitely. I just think that kind of idea of honesty nowadays it has a new meaning because we are so used to things being dishonest online and kind of not being the entire truth yeah. or this kind of curated version of the truth. Like the word honest gets used as like a compliment now. Like, yeah, it oh, does. they're honest. And mm. I'm like, but that's a good thing. Like, yeah. you shouldn't be surprised. Exactly. And now that we can open up and we can discuss things that are usually kind of a bit taboo and kind of brushed under the carpet, mm-hmm. it's so refreshing to just see other people going, do you know what? I'm a bit fucked up as well. Here uh-huh. is how I am fucked up. Yeah, and going, exactly. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. We have that in common. Yeah. Oh, let's yeah. be friends. <laughs> and also, w- what's lovely about that and, and shows kind of across Edinburgh really now and London and everywhere mm-hmm. is that it doesn't have to have like a perfect finished ending. Mm-hmm. And I fear that what the Instagram hashtag mental health story is doing is saying, I was ill and now I'm better. Yep. And now I, and I don't think it, well, I know personally that it's not as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, my wellness journey, I keep using inverted commas and realizing that there's no one watching <laughs> me. Um, but like, it doesn't just end and then you're fine. Like, you, mm-hmm. you have, it's, it's an ongoing, it's being a human. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it's not just going to end perfectly. Um, yeah. It makes it feel like the, um, there is a cure to these things when yeah. there isn't. Uh-huh. You just get to learn to live. With them, with them, not in spite of them, yeah. and it's that you. There is such a big difference between those ideas. Well, it's yeah. acceptance, isn't it? Yeah. It's taking the fear away of, of kind of striving for whatever this weird perfect life is, which Definitely. is ultimately boring. Yeah, it's like you don't get given an instruction manual, but over time you write your own mm. on how to. So I feel like that's why when you first start sort of struggling with things, you're like, but I've no idea how to cope, and it takes a long time. But you just have to write your own little instruction manual for how to cope with you and how to fix you. And, oh, my God, I'm so deep. I'm fucking I impressed with that. That was great. <laughs> well, that was don't dare edit that out. That's no, fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> I Give this girl a book deal. Yeah, oh, I feel like I've just had, like, an epiphany. <laughs> but oh, I guess, yeah, what you've just said is God. it's your own ma- manual. And before you said to me, um, when you go in a shop and you see kind of this self-help yeah. everywhere, well, yeah, don't those books, they're, I'm sure they're wonderful and helpful, but they're just one person's story. Mm-hmm. They are not your own. Exactly. So don't put all of your, uh, I don't know, money, put brain, all and your mental health it. in one basket. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you started so... off so well and then the mental health basket analogy I'm ruined I'm so smart. It. No, I'm buzzing. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, buying myself a treat on the way home. <laughs> last question, which is, oh, I can't phrase this correctly. Can you remember how yeah. to phrase There you go. If you could go back and give your younger self advice on 
not necessarily mental health, but like oh. living without misery and living well. Ooh, that well word again. Um, <laughs> what would you What would you tell your younger self? Can I give you a few? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'll do them in... Uh, <laughs> Alphabetical order? <laughs> I'll do them in a rap, actually. No, I'm joking. That's the drama school. I, mean, yeah. I actually do know the Mel B. Missy Elliott rap off the help. I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, Sorry. Um, I really challenged my parents growing up. I don't think they had experienced... Well, I know they had never experienced what I had gone through or have or continue to go through with my own... Um, I call them 27 brains. <laughs> um, so... I I really pushed my parents and I remember my dad he had no patience for it he didn't get it it was a very old fashioned man approach and then I think he realised actually this girl's struggling and I'm helpless as a parent but what I can offer her is this and he said this one thing and I now pass it on because I still listen to it he said um, life is a bit like snakes and ladders. He said it's really easy to slip down the snakes and like a cool little slide and find yourself at the bottom and you can really stay there. It's quite comfy. It's really fucking hard to climb up those ladders. I held on to that and I find that really helpful. So I still struggle loads sometimes and we all do. But saying to myself, well, yeah, of course, that's part of the process Mm -hmm. of being a human being and I'm I'm going to climb up this ladder. I'm going to like go through it and feel it and and yeah climb up it and not slip down all the snakes all the time so yeah. that's one yeah. um, <laughs> does that, is, that, is that worth like crediting my dad for do yeah, we think definitely. that's good yeah, yeah that's I think it's quite good it's really good yeah, yeah. Thank, thanks thanks dad you fall down a lot quicker than it takes to get up <laughs> yeah 100% um, two um, and I still need to remind myself of this sometimes I would like to tell my younger self that sometimes it feels like you will never get out of the dark tunnel um, and it can feel like that tunnel goes on forever and ever and ever. But there, you can lose all faith in that. But I just, if anyone is listening, I want to remind you that there is an end to that tunnel. You will not see it when you're in the middle of it, but there is an end. Um, and then when you're out of the tunnel, those tunnels are, in my head, like lots of different colours. And so then you have this like wonderful palette of many different colours, which then means you can relate to everyone and all their different mm. colours that they're bringing to you. So now like you can tell me your shit and I just will not judge you. Because I have so many, <laughs> so many colours in my palette that I'm sure I'll, I'll like recognise yours somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm. Don't know where that came from. That was but... fucking brilliant. Was it? Yeah, yeah, nice. really yeah. yeah. Thanks. You two have been very prophetic in this Thank entire you. thing. I've said fuck all. <laughs> um, third, I don't know. Um, uh, I need to. I don't know. Don't pluck your over pluck your eyebrows. Oh yes. Yeah, because they won't grow back. Um, my mum's got no eyebrows. Really? Because she plucked them too much. Yeah. And it yeah. took me so long to read. Yeah. I was about like because you know when you see someone's face every day and when my sister got married the makeup artist was like what expression do you want to have yeah. and my mum was like well happy I yeah. guess like <laughs> it was a wedding day yeah. <laughs> then she got bored halfway through and wiped her eyebrows off I was like oh man oh my god yeah. Um, in my head, by the way, I'm coming up with a whole self-help list. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, I've got one more then. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I say this to my friends all the time, but I worry because I think some people will hate me for saying this, but 
it's just two words look out sometimes it's so easy to just stay looking inwards Mm -hmm. and just going outside and looking looking out at other people and talking and engaging properly with someone else's shit is a really good way sometimes of just giving your own 27 brains a break Mm. perfect amazing Mm. I like it well in that case I think we're amazing thank you that was amazing We hope you can take something from this podcast away with you in your day-to-day life. Whatever situation you're in, you're not by yourself. We can share our stories, share our experiences. We can help each other know that things do get better. That's it. That's episode 11 over and done with. Uh, Thanks to Daniela for letting us bother her. Thanks to Lauren, as always. Thanks to Dave for letting us make this weird little podcast. And thanks to Calm. Uh, Once again, and I'm sorry for mentioning it all the time, but if you could rate, review, tweet about the podcast... Tell your gran about the podcast. Uh, put the podcast on at parties. Actually, that last one's a really shit idea. Um, but you get where I'm going. Uh, the more people that listen, the more money that goes to Calm, uh, which is why we're here, really. Well, half the reason. Uh, half normalise the conversation around these topics and half raise uh, money for charity. Uh, right, that's enough of my stupid voice uh, for one week, month, year. Um, but please come back next week. Uh, it'd be really nice if you did. And bye, 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 bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Would you give your mom, dad, aunt, or that uncle who hugs your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh, no. Oh, my God, it's, it's a really long video. Ew. In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos, and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do, tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising business. Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone, a Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. <laughs> 